if returning to a healthy, happy way of living after a difficult event is the most common response of human beings, why does it look like so many of us are suffering from difficulties? I'm Amy Leo, and you're listening to What We Should Have Learned in School. This episode is a follow-up of our first episode, which talked about perhaps the most practical thing that we should have learned in school, and that is how to bounce back from difficult situations, how to adapt well in the face of adversity. So essentially, we're all going to come up against unpleasant experiences. How can we maintain a quality of life after that, continue to be healthy and live happily? And what the new research is finding is that this is not an anomaly of human beings that actually resilience, this ability to bounce back, is the most common response to difficulties, including traumas. So before we get into the meat of today's episode, I want to make a caveat. Your personal experience or the experience that you've seen loved ones go through may not have been one that could be categorized as resilient. For instance, I once worked with two sisters. Now, one sister went on to build a business, was married for 40 years, was healthy, happy, and fulfilled with her family. The other sister really struggled with alcoholism and had three divorces and really struggled with a sense of really low worth. Now, both of those women are amazing, wonderful human beings. So I want to make it really clear that whatever experience you have had as the listener or you've seen loved ones experience, it is to be respected. It is within the realm of normal human experience. And truly, this show is not about judging or making people feel bad if they don't feel that they've coped well with difficulty. This show is about education, hope, and moving forward. So with that, you know, if resilience, if returning to a healthy, happy way of living after a difficult event is the most common response of human beings, why does it look like so many of us are suffering from difficulties? So I want to talk about some of the things that I've seen get in the way of this natural resilience. Again, this is not about blame. This is not about people doing it right or wrong. A lot of this is unconscious and innocent and impersonal. But anyways, let's dive in. So one factor we don't take into consideration when an individual is integrating and making meaning of what happened to him or her is the reactions and opinions of the community around him or her. Now, if we look at young kids, 
we've kind of caught on that when the toddler falls flat on their face, the toddler often looks to the adults in the room of how to respond. If the mother looks completely worried, the baby will likely start to cry and bawl and continue on. If the adults in the room are smiling and not making it seem like such a big deal that the child fell, a common response in that case is for the child to get back up and continue on with his or her day. It works the same way when we're adults. We look to others to garner appropriate emotional reactions. The problem is that by and large, we have a pretty substantial misunderstanding about trauma, about healing, about the ability of human beings to be resilient that we then reinforce upon one another. One example is that somebody needs to talk about it in order to get over it, so to get over a difficult circumstance. And that's just not true. Let's check in with the leading researcher on resilience, George Bonanno, and I'm going to read one of his statements. People who are not showing grief symptoms don't do anything. They're fine. In fact, they can be harmed by intruding on their lives. They don't need to talk about it. But I think in this culture, we have this sense that people need to talk about it. If they don't talk about it, something is wrong. No, leave those people alone. In people who are showing moderate levels of grief symptoms, it's sometimes a matter of getting used to the pain which passes with time. Now, this doesn't mean that therapy doesn't benefit some people because it absolutely does. But again, by trying to fit every human being into this one-size-fits-all model, like set stages of grief, for instance, it doesn't work. It's not true. Psychological theories are just that. They're theories, they're observations, they're generalizations. They are very rarely based in absolute fact and very rarely represent direct cause and effect relationships. So the take home of today is that forcing someone to talk about something may actually do more harm than good. And we're going to talk about that in future episodes of how do you figure out what someone really needs or wants versus what you think they need. The two can be quite different. But for now, it's enough to just recognize that in an innocent attempt to help others, we often project our own fears, our own worries. We use our own imagination about how we think we would respond and what we would need if we were faced with that difficult circumstance. But it can never be a direct translation like that because every human being is living in the feeling of his or her own thinking. This is relevant because a person may have been going along just fine with their day. And it's not until we ask them to recall a painful situation that they then start to feel bad because they're bringing the past into the present. They're bringing the memories of that difficult situation to the now. Where in some cases, if we just would have 
left the person alone and shut our mouth, <laughs> that the person would continue on with having a good day or being in a good state of mind. In the next episode, we're going to do a deeper dive into this and really point to the cause, the reason why human beings can have such varied experiences after a difficulty. We're also going to share some astonishing research findings. So you don't want to miss the next episode as we continue along this theme of how can we prepare ourselves and tap back into that natural resilience we had as kids. Again, I'm Amy Leo. You can learn more about me and the work that I'm up to in the world at amyleo.com. You can also subscribe to this series via email there. So that's all we have for today. Until next time, take care, stay curious, and keep